You're listening to The Broken Meeple Show, a podcast that speaks passionately about board games for the benefit of those who play them. My name's Luke Hector, best known for The Broken Meeple YouTube channel, and I'm an everyday gamer just like you. And I'll be talking about reviews, top tens, and just about anything that connects me to board games, as long as I have a tea or coffee in hand, that is. So grab a cup, relax, and enjoy. And remember, it's only a game. Hello everyone, Luke Hector here. How's everyone doing? Yeah, just a few days before Christmas and I know that a lot of the country has been plunged into a situation where they can't even celebrate Christmas, you know, sorry to hear about that. Uh, But yeah, you know, we're all trying to get on. The only slight uplift, I must admit, certainly from my side, is that I have finally broken up for work for a couple of weeks. So a big, much well-needed break. Although to be fair, this week I wouldn't be surprised if I got some emails saying, "Luke, you've got to help me. Ah, you've got to help me. Please help me." But it could, you know, who knows? But hopefully, it just means that the bulk of the work I can just put down, lay to rest, at least until January the fourth, when I'm going to have to deal with the tax year January part. It's like, yeah, there's still horribleness to come. And but you know, that is certainly a bit off my mind. It's allowed me to chill a bit more this weekend. I've just been out for a run, you know, in the sun that's only just decided to come out and stop raining for. And you know, I've got plenty enough to do around the house. I've just done a spring clean of the whole house as well. That is now looking a bit more tidy. But then I've got game boxes in various places that need to be opened, put into their various places. Just had the tainted grail second wave the other day. So there's a bunch of boxes on the table downstairs. Or, you know, things like the stretch goal campaigns, album book, more sleeves, more everything. It's like, ooh, I can't wait to get stuck into that and see if they've made some improvements since the first game. But there's still plenty of other games besides to play. And certainly there's been plenty of content as well. So in terms of what has come out, I recently, literally yesterday, just put up the top 10 games of 2020. So barely, as I put on the thumbnail, this is the top 10 games of 2020. But it's, shall we say, not easy to make that list, okay? Because A, I don't think this was a good year for games. B, COVID basically decided, ooh, you can't play games a lot for this year. And C, COVID also decided that a lot of UK releases would get delayed. Which means there's quite a few games that I haven't even been able to get to play that all the Americans and various other Europeans have got to play. So people who have been asking, it's like, where's this on your list? Where's this on your list? Where's this on your list? Well, for starters, I mentioned in the intro where they are, but just as a kind of reminder, let's see, uh, Dune Imperium and Whistle Mountain. I want to, well, to be fair, I want to play Whistle Mountain more. That's the one I'm really looking forward to. Dune Imperium, I only bought because people keep going on about it. I don't know anything about Dune. I've never watched any of the movies. It's got screen caps in this game. It doesn't look very aesthetically pleasing. So I am literally getting this game because all you lot keep talking about it. So I was like, fine, I will spend some of my Patreon money and get the game so I can give it a good look over. Not guaranteeing a review, but I will certainly give it a, a going over. Uh, but then also, I've not been able to play Praga Kaput Regni, or however you pronounce it. Not that I'm desperately looking forward to that one, but everybody keeps talking about it, therefore I want to try it. And even on my shelf, despite I've had it a couple of weeks, I haven't had a chance to play a New York Zoo. I've only just been able to unwrap that. And I haven't been able to play a Tawan Tinsuyu. <laughs> Is that the, the new tea game from Board and Dice? Haven't had a chance to play that. So there were a few, oh yeah, Honey Buzz, that's another one, I want to play that, not released yet. So there's a lot of games in the UK that just simply, sorry, a lot of games that aren't in the UK yet, which could be in my top 10 games of 2020 next time. 
Who knows? This is why I do retrospective lists. And you'll certainly be getting another one of those lists in the next few days, I hope. I, I hope that the last upload I'll do... Well, I'll get onto that in a minute. But basically, yes, you are going to get a 2019 retrospective top 10 list, just like I've done for previous years. So a year later, I look back on the last year and decide, have my taste changed? What games have I played since then that were from that year? Is my top 10 any different? I'm obviously going to do one of those for 2020, although it may be sooner than a year later, because with the amount of games that were unreleased, it may be that maybe only halfway during 21, I go back and do the retrospective list. So we'll have to see. But you know, just bear that in mind with my top 10, although four and a half thousand views within 16 hours, was pretty good going for one of my videos anyway. I know some people can do it within 10 minutes, but still, you know, thank you for everybody who has watched it. Thank you for everybody who has subscribed as a result or uh, is still giving me some positive feedback. I do really appreciate it, especially when there's other things that sort of lead me to think that everybody sort of run off. <laughs> you know, some some videos get the views, some just don't. And I just noticed that not a lot of people are on social media anymore. Somebody can literally just put up a video going, I like X and get about 57 likes, you know, 100 likes by various people. I put up a video and I'll be lucky if two people like it. You know, I fear I feel that people have sort of blacklisted me on social media, it seems, just because I've put up some video content. I still put up other content. I still put up pictures of when I've played games and I still comment on other people, but... Who knows? I don't know. This is the way of social media. But thank you to everybody who has stuck with me. I do really, really appreciate it. Whether you're a Patreon or just a subscriber, or even if you're not a subscriber and you're just somebody who watches the video and enjoys it and shares it on social media, by all means, love you all. But on top of that, you've also got the Kingdom Rush board game review. I did that a few days ago, uh, the Massacre's difficulty setting game. Uh, Halato was about a week ago. Uh, so was my controversial Effa Fields review, where I talk about um, hmm, the problems that it had. More on that a bit later. But uh, that got a fair few views, I'll admit. You know, five and five and a half thousand views in the week. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. And even the last podcast I did, the Mini Cull of Games actually got a lot more uh feedback than i thought the mini cull of games apparently you lot like hearing about people getting rid of games so maybe i'll try to do more of those in the future whether on the podcast or single vids we'll see i mean technically i was already doing that the whole movers and shakers thing but it was difficult to do any of those videos whilst i was having to deal with essen releases so uh time has just been a commodity i've been short of particularly with work crunching me to the bone for the last several months yeah, the uh, COVID really hit our job pretty hard in terms of workload. And, you know, we've got January to come yet, but we've two new people starting. Hopefully, we'll be in a position to recover a bit and maybe I can get on with work without hitting for a nervous breakdown. I mean, even for my channel, I thought like, okay, I need to take a break. And that is something I think I'll touch on first after a sip of my coffee. Basically, I am going to take a break for Christmas. Uh, for content i just haven't really set any firm dates basically because i want to do the top 10 of 2019 retrospective before christmas so i want to get out in i say tuesday wednesday i'd like to upload it that'd be pretty good i was going to do my how i rate my game so the rating system i use on my videos i want to go into detail explaining that because i mentioned it to a uh, board game ramblings and then within about a few days they put a list out so it's like hmm Hang on, you weren't supposed to beat me to the punch. <laughs> but yeah, but I was just joking around. But yeah, I'm definitely going to do that video myself. I was going to do it pre-Christmas. I don't think I'll have time. So I think I will save that for a January video. And 
but there will be a live stream tomorrow. Uh, Q&A is, um, I'm not sure it's on here. Is that in the cards? Probably can't see it on here, but it is coming. So there is a live Q&A uh, tomorrow, 8 p.m. British Standard Time. Hopefully that's convenient for the rest of you in our, uh, other time zones. But yep, usual deal. Um, I say it's a Q&A. I mean, you can ask me questions, but you literally can just hear me chat. Or just chat about anything. Chat to each other in the comments. Chat to you know in the live chat. Talk to me. Give me some random questions, whatever. The Patreons are welcome to give me some questions I can do ahead of time. Otherwise, I will read through the live chat and just talk to you. I like doing them. They don't tend to get a huge amount of views, I'll admit. I mean, the, what I say, November one, 577. The October one, uh, 639. The, uh, the one before that. What was the one before that? Where are you? I know I did one in September. There was one in September. I'm pretty certain there was, even with the top 100. Yeah, September, 715. I mean, they don't tend to get a huge amount of views, but I enjoy doing them. And they're easy to do. You just sit there and talk. So it, it, uh, I, I can probably take that with a grain of salt. But yeah, you know, there's stuff on the channel, hopefully to keep you entertained. But I'm probably looking to take a break sort of like from Wednesday at the latest all the way till about, I would say... January, say New Year's, 2nd of January or something, I would like to take proper full break in which I'm not doing any production, no video recording, no nothing, just to take five and just kind of chill really. I, I need the break. I need I need this. 2020 has been such a rough year for me from an emotional and mental level and <laughs> as I pat my fat stomach, a physical level as well, that I really do need a break. And I think this is the best time for me to just shut down and say goodbye 2020 and good riddance. Even though we in Britain have got worse to look forward to potentially in 2021, but I digress. Hopefully 2021 will still be a much more cheerful year. <clears throat> oh, issues with my throat there. So yeah, you know, there's stuff to look forward to hopefully. But um, in terms of what is going to happen for 2021 before, well, let me get onto the reason for this podcast, I guess. I want to just look back at 2020, just to say like my best game, worst game, best surprise, best expansion, best most disappointing game, best reprint, and just go over a few highlights, I guess, of the year, just to really talk and chat. Really, this is a very ad lib episode because I thought I need to do a podcast now but I probably won't need to do another podcast until the January when we come back. So, you know, I figured get something out. Uh, but I also wanted to just mention what I'm doing for 2021. I've got some plans for the channel and we're not talking a huge change or anything like that. It's not to, it's not like season six or anything. This is still season five, technically. Still the same format and that. I'm just making a few changes to what content I do. So first up, there will be no more of these. Where are they? Um, I will be stopping forever. Where are they? These. The, uh, you know, the accessorized videos. Because, frankly, they're fiddly to put together. And the problem is, is that I, I don't have a great setup here for tabletop plays. Now, I like doing solo plays. Solo plays are good fun. And I will still keep doing them, whether digital or tabletop. But... The problem is people are lucky in that they've got big rooms or big sea lift crane things, multiple camera budgets, you know, and usually it's because they do this full time rather than as a hobby. So they can afford to put all the investment in it. But on top of that, they usually have cameras from the ceiling mounted so that they can view the tabletop in like 4K vision. I have to basically get a crane like this and what the webcam is on and put my mobile phone on it. 
That's literally all I can do. And it has to clamp to this uh, stand that my laptop's on because there's no room on the table to clamp the thing to. So it makes it very fiddly to get them set up. And on top of that, because it's attached to a clamp on a desktop stand that's on the table, all I have to do is shake this table, which has some, you know, somewhat fiddly screw legs, I must admit, you know, which is already kind of a, like, you know, a bit of a shaky table, you know, well, Geekerson, where were you on that one? Uh, that it, you'd see the camera shake. So I don't mind doing it for a solo play in that because people do enjoy them, even though I must admit people do enjoy them, but they don't get the views either. But I enjoy playing a game solo. But the accessories are just not worth it. They just don't get the views. They're too specific. And, you know, I mean, it was nice of E-Raptor to send me stuff. It was nice of uh, um, E-Raptor sent me a lot of inserts over time. And it was good to go through those. And it was very good for Lizard Den to supply me with a bunch of playmats. Uh, where's that Lizard Den one? I know I did that one fairly recently. There you go. Yeah, the accessorized Lizard Den uh, playmats. So thank you to them for sending me a bunch of those. I went through them in this video. So be sure to check it out and just have a look at them. Maybe acquire one yourself. I've still got them in the other room, actually. All these mats, they're really, really cool. But they're just not worth it. I mean, there's 500 views for that, barely a couple hundred views for some of these. They just don't get the views. And for the time it takes to do them, it's not worth it. I need to condense my channel into something that I know people want to see. And it's just clear that people don't really want to see those. So there will be no more accessorized videos. That is now officially gone. So what's going to take its place? Well, not too much, really, because I need to condense the channel a bit so I can actually keep up. You know, even though January, February, March are like completely bereft of anything, it's still, it's still, you know, there's still stuff to do. But what I want to do is to, A, I want to do more top 10s. Top 10s, I keep saying I'm going to do more top 10s and it's always a bit of a break. I now need to really hone down and get top 10s out on a regular basis because you like them. I mean, four and a half for uh, 2020 and it's not even been half a day yet. You know, half a day and it's like 4,000 plus views. Top 10 low complexity high def games too that I did. 19,000 views in a month. I mean, I know some people can do that again in a week, but... For me to be able to get that kind of threshold is insane. Considering my most watched video is like a 55,000 view video that I did two years ago, you know, which was the one before that, it's nice to have that kind of recognition for it. And um, what's the other top 10s have done? Let's have a look. Uh, top 10 ticket to ride maps. That was a bit weird. That one only got two and a half thousand views. I expected more people to like that one. Maybe people just aren't that fussed about ticket to ride right now. Who knows? But before then, the top 100, and the top 100 got a fair amount of views, five and a half, five and a half, for, you know, and it kind of varied, although I was a bit disappointed with the amount of views that the top 30 got when I had to do live stream versions. I mean, I can understand that people maybe weren't as big a fan of the live stream format. It worked for me, but I guess it just didn't work for a lot of you out there. But next year, I'm just going to have to figure out what to do with the top 100. I'm going to have to try and break it into maybe less videos so it doesn't take up so much of my time to do them. Or maybe just do a top 50, not a top 100. You know, maybe just do five videos. That might be easier. Who knows? I'd be appreciative of some thoughts on that one and some opinions. But other top 10s that I did, what did we have? Uh, come on, Oh, there was a gap before I did the top 10. I must admit, this was the problem. <laughs> Not doing a top 10 in ages. Yeah, shelf by shelf. I think top 10s just took a massive break because I was putting out other content. And 
as much as people i mean the shelf by shelf was fantastic i mean yeah there's not a lot of views for each you know one and a half one and a half one and a half but yeah barely any views but people were very appreciative of the shelf by shelf video series and that was hard work i mean to do 50 videos about my shelf collection it was an experience to do that but despite the low amount of views people were interested to see my collection and i got a lot of feedback from that despite the low view count so thank you for those who have looked at that series and taken something from it you know i don't expect another one to be done but <laughs> at least not in the near future but yeah oh, there, there's another top 10 top 10 games escaped me four and a half thousand views six months ago not as many views as i would like but you know it happened top 10 deck builders again four and a half thousand views i just can't get the views this is a thing you know and this is something about 2020 that has kind of hit me a little bit i mean some of you are very supportive honestly i mean i get people occasionally message me out of the blue saying your channel's cool you're getting stuff done we watch your videos and that and I'm, honestly i cannot say in words how much i love getting those now and again you know just out of the blue i could be having a bad day and then i read a comment like that or a bgg fred message that just said you know just to say thanks for what you do and that honestly it fills me with such joy problem is the bass figures don't necessarily support <laughs> as much as i'm getting from that and whereas there are channels out there at the moment that are just getting views left right and center for doing the same stuff that i'm doing and you know it kind of hits me because it's not that i should be envious of those channels i love the fact that they're doing well if if they worked hard and they've done their channel and they do a good job then by all means go check out their content and i wish them all the success but it can you've got to understand how it can hit me a little bit especially when there's like several channels out there that will say i've hit this milestone i've hit this milestone and it's a milestone that i've hit as well but they've done it within 12 months and i did five six years what was different and a lot of it is that i know we're, we're definitely heading to a situation where we now have more diverse uh people on content creation and obviously that's something we all want we all want a much more diverse set of content creators we want all over the world we want different backgrounds we want different ages we want different ethnicities different genders we want all sorts of people to be doing content creation and i guess as more of those are starting to come into the fray, they're gonna be more popular because it's what we wanted, you know? <laughs> so I'm just some random bloke in the middle of the UK talking about board games. I'm no different from any other person. But on top of that, maybe just the fact that, you know, as much as being honest about the games is my shtick, it doesn't appeal to everybody. You know, some people are glad to have the honest opinion, but some are just happy to watch a video that says, I love this, love this, love this, love this, all hell, you know, all praise be to this game. And that's not, I mean, I will praise a game to the high heavens if I think it's like that. But if I have critical opinion of a game, I'm going to say it. I'm not going to, you know, dress it up or sugarcoat it or anything. I'm going to say my thoughts. That's just the way it is. <laughs> you know, deal with it. But I don't know, maybe 2021 will hold a different year. I mean, the subscriber count's still going up for the channel, but, you know, the problem is you don't know whether that's people actually watching your show or bots these days. You know, you know, people can get so many more comments and that on other vids. And I sort of think, well, yes, I've got 11,500 subscribers, but is that 1,500 people out there actually watching? Or is that 10,000 programmable bots that literally just scout out the internet and go give you views it's impossible for me to tell you know the analytics don't give me any clues 
So it's, as I say, it, it sounds like I'm being like down on the channel. I still like what I do and I'm still very appreciative of everybody who watches it and I still like what I've done. But you got to understand why looking at other stuff can put you down, why, why you can feel that you're not doing enough. Not necessarily that you're not putting in the effort. I mean, blimey, this is my hobby on side of a job. This takes up a fair bit of my time. I'm certainly putting in the effort. But when you don't necessarily see the fruits of your labor coming out the way that you thought they would, it can, you know, scupper you a little bit. But, you know, why do we get kicked down so we can pick ourselves up again? Uh, isn't that the phrase from The Dark Knight? It's, it's just one of those things. But let's talk about some more positive stuff that I remember. I mean, the top 100... Still a good laugh. Still, you know, enjoyed that one. I mean, there was a lot of games for the top 100. And my list did go through some interesting changes. But uh, I had to... God, they took a long time to edit because I was experimenting with lower thirds and, you know, different things like transitions and that across this year. I mean, you'll notice the transitions and lower thirds have changed quite dramatically over the last three or four top 10 lists I've done. It's because I'm trying to find one that is not only striking to look at, but also gets the information across, but also doesn't take me three hours to edit the video. And some of these were just painful to edit. However, the one that I did on my top 20, I top 10 2020 list, I think is actually pretty good. I quite like the way that's turned out. The 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 way that the well, actually let me load it up briefly. Don't give myself another view. Yeah, here you go. So. This transition that I have down the bottom left here is a sort of black rounded oval circle thing with a glow color scheme behind it to give it some uh, like extra oomph. And the color scheme has been tailored to fit with my branding, so red, green, and blue. But it changes as the transition goes through because you can extend the duration on this one, finally. Do you know how hard it is to find motion graphics where you can extend the duration without some stupid uh, tool that you have to do? But... With this one, it's nice and easy. I just stretch it out, job done. But for some reason, it alters the color slightly. So this one starts off as being red, green, and blue. But then as I get further on in the video, let's see, it then goes to a kind of purple, which is kind of odd. And then goes to red and dark blue with purple and like a sort of brownie green down there. I'm not entirely certain why it does. And there's nothing in the settings that allows me to change that. But I'm not getting too fussy. I mean, you know, whoopie do. It's not like I'm uh, too fussed about what color scheme it is, but I think they look pretty good. I mean, the, the title is there, Viscounts of the West Kingdom in this case, Garpill Games, Games of 2020, number, you know, hashtag two, you know, it tells me what list, tells you what list it is, just in case you somehow forgot when you were watching the video, what number it is, tells you what publisher it is, and tells you the title of the game. I think that works pretty well as a lower third, and I'm going to stick with that. doesn't take very long for me to uh, edit that on the video, and so it means I can get on with talking more but yeah i think this will be a good format for the top tens uh the solo videos that i've done i mean the solo videos have been quite fun to do like i say the tabletop ones i particularly like the on the underground one i did which i thought was quite fun and i particularly liked uh the wingspan and root ones i did although i must admit again 294 views in a you know in a month 300 views for playing Root, the digital game. I thought that was like a big deal for people, but, you know, people just haven't really watched it. I don't know why, but they're easy to do, so I don't want to stop doing digital playthroughs, because all I've got to do is sit down, press record, and, rec and do it. But, I don't know, is maybe live streaming just not as popular as people thought it was? Or maybe it's a Twitch thing and not a YouTube thing. 
But I did like the solo modes I did for uh, Pursuit of Happiness and on the Underground, as I said, as well as some other ones. The Ultimate Guide to the Pursuit of Happiness I enjoyed. That was um, by request of Artipio Games. So uh, I look forward to the Kickstarter for that uh, supplying next year. That'd be cool. However, you will notice that the title changed to All By My Shelf. Um, that was a spur of the moment decision because... Um, I didn't realize that when I called it solo mode before, it clashed with Mike Delicio's solo mode on the Dice Tower channel. And it's like, oh, whoops, my bad. Should have done my research a bit better. So I couldn't change all the thumbnails because I just didn't have enough time. So they're left as solo mode for now. But then you'll notice from on the underground onwards, they will be all by my shelf. Of course, I then got told a bit later that all by my shelf was used by another creator However, that creator has now stopped doing content creation, officially has stopped doing it. So it's no longer being used. So call it homage to them, you know, or just carrying on. I thought, you know, I didn't come up with the name. Somebody on my YouTube comments suggested it. So I thought it was such a good comment that I thought I'll use it. But it's hard to come up with a unique name these days, I must admit. But as far as I'm aware, it's the only one being used currently in active production. So you know, we're just carrying it on. It's a name. I can't just call it solo playthrough because that's just boring. So, I mean, all by myself will be solo playthroughs. Uh, podcast, as you can see, the Broken Meeple show has obviously taken a bit of a format change since last time. So, you know, I like the uh, thumbnail that comes with it. It's clear. It's episode six, episode five, episode seven, and they get some views. But with the podcast one like this, it's kind of difficult to measure views for this because it's all right saying, oh, I only get a few hundred views on uh, on YouTube for these. But then it's also being broadcasted on Spotify and Apple and SoundCloud and other podcasting. So I don't know exactly how many views the podcast gets if I combine them all together. It's a, probably the most impossible analytic to realize. I have no idea if this podcast is popular or whether nobody watches it apart from like five people. It's it, it. There's no way for me to tell. The numbers just do not add up or make sense to me. So I just carry on doing it because it allows me to just basically sit in front of my laptop and uh, talk, <laughs> you know, which is kind of something I like to do often. Uh, oh, the live streams. Yes, I certainly got into live streaming. I mean, this is done with OBS. I'm now using StreamYard. And in 2021, I will be doing some more like... Uh, 2021 stuff with regards to StreamYard. I want to have people, other collaborators, other content creators on my show to talk about games, to compare games, to talk top tens. Board Game Ramblings will probably be the first one I do. We are definitely, probably in January, going to do a top 10 list together where basically we take the mick out of each other's favorite games. So uh, that should be a good laugh. Where <laughs> Basically, they rip on my games. I rip on their games. We have a good laugh. Bear in mind, people need to realize that we are actually good buddies in real life. You know, we, we get on well. I love them both. They're such friendly people when we meet up at Essen and other conventions to play games. They're, you know, loving the bits. And, you know, we just have a friendly rivalry in a sense. You know, we're not like trying to destroy each other or anything like that. But it's just quite amusing to do it because it gives you a lot of entertainment. I mean, some of you have been crying for us to do a top 10 collaboration at some point, And believe me, I want to. Hence, half the reason I got StreamYard was to do this kind of thing. So you can look forward to that in the future. But I want to do more of them as well because they work. Uh, what else was on 2020? Let's see. Uh, uh, the whole movement to support these creators. Yes, I basically 
said that, you know, smaller content creators should get a, more of a break. So I did the promo videos where people basically, whoop, you might have got the uh, sound there, where basically I go through and say, look, come on, there's other channels here that you can look at. I mean, yeah, Board Game Ramblings there, uh, Glory Hound, uh, Neverboard Gaming, Bones Collector, Lovely Bloke, and hmm, blimey, what was going on with the uh, video quality there? It was uh, pretty dire in that one. I'm still getting used to some of this tech. This is the problem when you do things as a hobby. You can't quite become that good in terms of quality. I mean, my camera is still HD. Yeah, my camera can't do 4K. But I don't know if I need to really upgrade to a 4K camera considering YouTube only broadcasts in HD. What do you do, really? But yeah, you know, there's uh, plenty of other content creators out there. And I feel sorry that, you know, you know, I feel bad when I don't get a lot of views. But then there's a lot of those smaller content creators out there who get way less views, you know, barely have a few hundred subscribers. And I basically started the thing to say, look, come on, you know about the big lot. But not all the big creators are amazing. You know, some I watch, some I don't watch. Why don't you spare a thought for the smaller ones? And so the promos that I've been doing on the end of my videos, which I think I did a call out at one point, did I not? Uh, I did a, there we go, help me promote smaller channels. So this was where I could basically say, uh, you know, that I want to get the promos. And then on the end of all these major videos, not every, not every video, but most of the major videos, there's a promo shout out to a smaller channel. And that's had some good feedback. I'm hopeful that it's actually resulted in more views and subscribers for those channels. And, uh, you know, happy to help. I've kind of reached the end of the channels that have submitted video promos to me. So I'm basically just going back through them as a kind of like a loop, basically. But they will continue. There's no problem with me just recycling the footage and unless somebody gives me a new promo video for their channel, in which case, great, I'll stick that on. But uh, yeah, it's just good to show some support and know that, you know, at least I do care about <laughs> every collaborator out there and not just the big four, shall we say. Uh, what else we got? Uh, uh, solo mode Marvel Champions. Yeah, when we uh, sadly lost Chadwick Boseman, a fine actor and a great Black Panther I did this Marvel Champions video to uh, play through as Black Panther, and I won against Ultron. That was a good experience. That was just a nice video to do, actually. Uh, I should do more of those, actually. I should do a solo mode for maybe the Lord of the Rings one. I don't know. That might be a bit complex, uh, but certainly maybe the Arkham Horror LCG. In fact, maybe I will, because I've got these up here that I still haven't played fully yet. These are starter decks, and... These starter decks apparently are pretty cool and they introduce more cards than that. And maybe I should do some solo mode playthroughs where I just take a starter deck, run through a standard scenario and see how well it fares. Might be pretty good. Or just do some more solo mode Marvel Champions stuff. I mean, Marvel Champions is a fun game. It would be fun to do more of those, you know, with different characters. Okay. Uh, the board game Glossary. That was a good laugh. Uh... Hard work, believe me, I, I slightly regretted how much work that took, especially as sadly, 1.7k views, 1.2k views, and where's the third one? And 1k views, I mean, so few views for videos, and those glossaries took a lot of effort to do. I mean, I had to do two new, tran I had to do completely new transitions, come up with definitions, record tons of footage, took a lot of time to edit, and people just didn't want to watch them. That was a... I thought that would do better than it actually did. But, you know, any other channel does it. I'm sure it would have got 20,000 views each. But 
Nobody was really watching them on mine. It's uh, That felt a bit like a failed effort. Uh, let's see, more accessorized stuff. Like I say, not going to do it. The first official live stream. 1,000 views for the first live stream. I mean, I thought that was good. I thought for a live stream, I thought, fantastic, 1,000 views. And it's never measured up since then. Uh, maybe with the new stuff on StreamYard, that will change. But uh, yeah, I mean, what do you want to see me do live? You know, I mean, digital playthroughs, do you want to see me do that? Because the views don't suggest that. Uh, the Q&As, I like doing them. You know, do you want me to continue those? Or is it that you want me to get on with the collaborator stuff? You know, get other people on the channel and like, you know, work off them, the banter. Because this is one other advantage earlier. When I was talking about like why other channels do a lot better, one thing I do notice about many of these channels, not all, but many of these channels, two people. Two people. Partner, spouses, two friends, whatever. It's always two. And when it's two, there's people to work off. There's banter. There's different viewpoints. On your own, though, you've only got yourself. And that doesn't necessarily appeal to a lot of people. It does hinder you a lot more than you realize. Sadly, there's nobody around here that would be regular enough or willing to commit to, you know, doing a lot of these double videos. And sadly, you know, small violin... I've been single for opening matter years, and it means I don't even have the spouse to basically say, come on the videos, but I mean, that would be a dream thing. Get a girlfriend that likes games and is willing to do this kind of thing. Yeah, more top 10s. Top 10 overrated games. 10,000 views seven months ago. I thought that would get more views as well, but I mean, 10k is good, <laughs> but considering what the last one did... Uh... See, I compared the gold uh, board game geek ones. So what else have we got? Board game bling, what I used to call accessorized. Like I say, gone. No more. No more. Uh, shelf by shelf. Some more top tens. Uh, the podcast in its original form before it became the Broken People Show. More reviews. Lots of reviews, actually. With varying degrees of success. <laughs> I mean, uh, top ten medium weight games. That was popular. That was a popular one. But, I mean, Ishtar, Awkward Guess, On Mars, The Crew, oy, oy, oy. Uh, Warpgate, Sierra West, Azul, Summer Pavilion, Tainted Grail. There was a lot. There was a lot. And then we're getting into 2019 because I recall that Trismegistus and On the Underground was last year, not this year. So my coffee gone. So, yeah, it's been been a long year. I mean, look at all this video content. Very much, like I say... I, I don't get the views for it, but I still like doing it, and there's still a lot of videos, but for someone who... i got to feel a little bit proud of myself for the fact that i managed to put out all this video content, and it's my hobby. You know, <laughs> the fact that I don't do this as a full-time job, and yet put out all this content. I don't know how I've done it, and I would say that my mental state, and probably the reason I'm single, is probably half the reason for it. But, yeah, it's been good, and it's still going to continue. So... I think I got a little bit sidetracked there. Um, so just to sort of sum up a bit more for next year, no accessorize, more top 10 lists, less reviews. And when I say less reviews, I don't want to stop reviewing games, but I want to stop doing a video for every single game I get as a review copy. I need to start doing more of those anthologies again, but think about it because there are some games that will get the view counts and some that won't. I mean, what did I do? Coleco, three weeks ago, not even a thousand views yet. Uh, Chronicles of Crime 1400, 
Did people really expect it to be any different from Chronicles of Crime? Was that really worth doing a whole video for with editing and everything? I could have probably done an anthology and combined Chronicles of Crime and Coleco and possibly, well, considering how many uh, views Kingdom Rush has had, probably Kingdom Rush at this point, but certainly some other ones. But then some of the major ones like Too Many Bones and Dwellings of Eldervale and... Uh, I probably could have come well halito got more views than i expected so that's probably cool but efferfields definitely needed a video so by counts needed a video so some of them need their own video but some don't i need to start doing more grouped ones or maybe first impression videos where i basically just say look you know what i've only played this game once or twice here's my impressions and then i could give my first impressions on multiple games because trying to fit in the time to play them all and you know do whole videos of them it takes a lot out of me it takes a lot out of me so i need to balance out what i review and in what format you know or find a way to make them shorter i guess i mean i'm trying to make them less than 20 minutes but it's not going very well there's just it's hard to fit in the details format in 20 minutes there's a and do an overview of the game there's a lot to talk about i mean i've got to do the intro with the promo i've got to do the overview of the game so you know what i'm talking about i've then got to do detail each section i've then got to do the summary and the final verdict and then there's the promo at the end for the channel shout out all of that takes time doing it in less than 20 minutes is tough or near impossible you know how people claim that they can do it in three to five minutes i don't know you just cannot get that enough information in three to five minutes it just doesn't work yeah, you can get a good overview of the game, but not a full review, not detail. I mean, they're missing out key concepts and key stuff that need to be talked about if you try and squeeze it into too small a video. Thankfully, most of you have been pretty happy with the length of the reviews. You've not actually been complaining about them being less more than 20 minutes or the extended ones like my Efferfields one there being 20, you know, what was that? 28 minutes. And why do I make some of them extended? Too much to talk about. Just can't cut the footage. So if I know that the amount of time I spend talking about the game is going to take more than 25 odd minutes, then it's an extended review. But we'll see. I'll work on that. Uh, the movers and shakers, I will still do. You know, those little ad hoc ones where I say why one's come out of the collection and why one's changed in rating. I will still do those. Like I say, balance out the rest of my channel. I'll be able to do more of those uh the and i want to try some other content out like small stuff i was thinking about doing some overview videos where i literally do spend two minutes talking about a game but i don't know if i really ought to i just think that's kind of against the style i've got but what i wouldn't mind doing is some shorter stuff where i do say x versus y imperial settlers versus empires in the north compare the two talk about why they're similar, talk about why they're different, give my own personal reason for which one I like more, but advise you on what you what you should think about if you're thinking about buying one of these two. That might be quite cool, and I could probably do a video like that in about five odd minutes, where mainly you'll just see images of the game in question rather than just me talking at the screen. On top of that, the overview videos were a consideration, but I just don't know if I'd have the time to do loads of these overview videos. And even then, what format, what length, I've got to be careful not to try and replace the content I'm getting rid of with more content that I can't fit in. And of course, the podcast will continue on as normal on a fortnightly basis. That seems to be working quite well. But I suppose I will say uh, one thing. Um, actually... Now, I'm going to save it for the end of the video. I'll save it for the end of the video. Um, call it a New Year's resolution of mine. Let's actually get on with some of the other content in this video because I think I've just spent, yeah, I've spent 
40 minutes rabbiting on about that, uh, I should go on to the other content. So this is going to be quite a long podcast. Hope you're happy, guys. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're happy. Let's try and rush through some of this other stuff. So time to talk about uh, some highlights of the year. So experience. Uh, I'll start with experience. Let's see if I can find a uh, web link for that. Uh, PortalCon is the uh, one I want to do. Now, PortalCon went to a, shall we say, a virtual format last year. But PortalCon was uh, another highlight where... Um, Ignacy, Trevorczyk, and all the Portal gang do this big convention in Poland for essentially the Polish fan base. And they essentially just release a bunch of their games. They give keynote seminars as to what's being done with Portal. Why is this not working? Here we go. So, see if you, hopefully you can see that fine. But yeah, he gets, he stands up in front with a microphone and just talks about stuff. But I just enjoy going to this. I mean, yeah, I don't get to play a ton of games because A, half of them are in Polish and B, I'm only there for a weekend. But I get to see a few content creators I don't see very often. Like I saw Board Game Ramblings there last time as well as a couple others. But I get to see the Portal Gang again. I mean, Nasty is such a lovely bloke. So's his wife. So's um, Joanna, you know, who also does some design work there. So's a lot of the Portal Gang that are in Poland. And Polish, the Polish are just nice in general. I mean, I'm not pandering to the Polish here. Genuinely, you're just very friendly people. You know, I've worked with Polish. I've played games with Polish. I've gone to Poland. You know, it, it just seems to get a good reception. They just seem to be nice people. And going to po PortalCon January this year uh, was was great. I mean, I just got to experience the country again and all minus six degrees of it. Blimey, it was cold. Uh, but, you know, I got some interesting stuff as to what was going on through Portal. We did play some games together as a group, like me and the other content creators. And I remember that I was buying food left, right and center because uh, obviously going to Poland uh, compared to the pound was cheap, <laughs> like lovely and cheap. But it, oh, it's lovely. Just get to order all the food, get to order all the drink. And I remember we went to a brewery outside of their last venue. I can't remember. The venue, I think, was a football stadium, uh, like some of the thing rooms. And with that, there was a brewery next door to it. And they, I'm trying to remember, they, I wish I could find a better picture for the Portal Con thing. But the problem is, there's only the Portal Con online one. And I don't have my own photos for it. But... There was a brewery barbet and it made a big deal about doing beer with honey. And I don't normally drink beer a lot, but I do. I'm starting to get more into it now. But I usually drink beer when I'm abroad because A, you haven't heard of cider and B, your European beer tastes better than British beer. I'm sorry, but it just does. And there was this place that did honey infused beer. So they made it a big deal that that was one of their ingredients. Very nice beer. Very nice beer. Some of the best I've had. But there was a big pint dimpled glass and they served it with, it was honey mold beer in a dimpled pint glass. I didn't even know you could do mold beer. You do wine and you can do cider. I didn't think you could do it with beer. So I ordered one. It was a full on pint of the things, like full on dimpled pint glass, like full on thing of mold beer. And it was gorgeous. I thought, this is great. And it was what, what, like a couple of quid or something. I mean, bear in mind, this was like the conversion rate. Oh, that was such a nice one. And we had good food there as well. It was just really cool. Um, sadly, PortalCon, I'm sure, will be an online affair for 2021. Thank you, COVID. But I look forward to going back to Poland. It was great fun. I like it. It's just a nice weekend break, particularly as it's in the middle of January, which is my worst working part of the year. So, uh, yeah, that was probably my favorite experience. 
So now let's actually talk about some games. All right, let's talk about the games. So I'm I'm not going to say, in fact, because this podcast is taking a while, I'm not going to say my best game of the year. Uh, if you want to know my best game of the year, you again have to check out my top 10 list and find out. But suffice to say, <laughs> you know, it was one that I really liked. But let's talk about, let's say, best surprise. Best surprise is Search for Planet X. Search for Planet X. This game came out of nowhere. I gave it an 8 out of 10. You know, I think it's a great game. Not quite distinction level because I don't think it's any point playing it multiplayer. But the Search for Planet X is a deduction game. You are basically trying to find the mysterious Planet X. And in doing so, you have to basically play like a kind of logic puzzle in order to like look at different sectors on the map in order to find out where Planet X is, but also where like asteroids and gas giants are. Because in doing those, in eliminating those, you realize, oh, Planet X has to be there then. It's a bit like Cryptid. But it's a more in-depth version of Cryptid. In Cryptid, you try to find out where a monster is based on logic. Well, here you try to find out where a planet is based on logic. But it's done with an app. And I know some of you hate apps. Look, deal with it. Apps are here to stay. But you you key in what you're going to do. So I'm going to look in sectors 4 to 7 for an asteroid. Tells you if there's an asteroid there. I'm going to search specifically in sector 8. Tell me what's there. Hmm, there's a gas giant there. Okay, that tells me that the other gas giant must be over there, which means the asteroid can't be here because I did some research earlier, and that means the gas giant can't be next to an asteroid. So what's there then? And you make all this deduction and stuff going on, and the reason I say it's not great with multiplayer is because there's not a lot of interaction. You do these little theories where basically you say, I reckon I know what's in Sector 7, and there's a slight race to beat other players to it. But other than that, there's no reason for the other players to be there. So what you do is that you go to the official website for the uh, game and download the solo rules for it where you have a bot in the app that you can play against that figures things out at a certain rate and you've got to try and beat them in points. So obviously you're trying to figure it out before the bot eventually figures it out. It's a pretty neat little system and that's how I like to play this game. It's just, a, you know, aesthetically, it's not the most pleasing game in the world. It must be said, you know, I mean, the app is probably the nicest looking thing in it, but you know, you've got a nice little uh, word pad here to cross off where you know certain asteroids and bits are and what research you're doing. The screen tells you the logic rules, like where asteroids and things can be. This is just theories down. Not that particularly interesting, that aspect, but it's there. Uh, the movement works a bit like a Takedo, where the person at the back with these pieces gets to do the next turn, and different actions require more time. It's neat, but again, don't really care about the multiplayer aspect. But yeah, this one just came out of the blue. Renegade have not been pushing it, nor Foxtrot. It just appeared. Suddenly, a couple of people started talking about it. I never got a review copy. Go figure. And it just appeared. And I thought, well, let's try it. Let's try it. And it surprised me enough to end up on my shelf. So, yeah, definitely try and give this one a look if you're a fan of deduction games. So, uh, next up, let's go to a negative one. Let's go to Disappointment. Yep. Those of you who watch my videos know what my biggest disappointment is. Look at that. 5 out of 10 Efferfields. Efferfields was a... Oh, that's, that hurt. That hurt to do that review. It really did. Because there's a lot of good stuff in Efferfields. It looks gorgeous. It's got great miniatures. And some of the dreams and some of the story stuff you do is brilliant. The problem is, is that this game has one of the most infuriating rulebooks I've had to trawl through. It's a nightmare to try and learn this game. I'm still not convinced I got all the rules right. 
but it also has a horrible sense of padding and grind. Tainted Grail had a similar thing. Where's my Tainted Grail? It's down there. And But I could house rule one thing in Tainted Grail, and the grind's near enough gone. You know, or it's sort of there, but not as big a deal. This one, though, I'd have to change some pretty big fundamentals in order to get rid of the grind, so much so that the designers and the publisher have actually gone online and said we're doing a continuous dream mode rule set to make it less grindy. If you know that this thing is going to be a grind, why wasn't it like that to begin with? And even phrase it as if it's our fault that we want this no sorry it's not our fault you made your game grindy and we didn't like it it's like you made your game padding you you go to these dreams and you go in the story and you try and discover stuff because you don't know what's going on at all which is not necessarily a good thing but you know that's all well and good but the problem is in between the dreams you've got to move around a stupid mini map with arrows pointing in a one-way system for no reason getting keys of which you need to do loop the loops around this mini map to get two keys per dream all the while you're doing these mini slumbers which some of them resolve quickly but the rest of them majority of them are like mini dreams where you go into this tiny little mini map and battle some random adversary that you've come across before it's literally the board game equivalent of Pokemon, Final Fantasy, Skies of Arcadia, all those styles of games where you wander around a little area and it's like, doo -doo 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 and then the screen explodes and you get caught in a random encounter. In Pokemon, you walk around farms and you keep having to get like attacked by pigeons or whatever. It's annoying. In the Final Fantasy and Skies of Arcadia, you walk around the areas and then suddenly, and you get attacked by two lizards. And it's like, oh, for crying out loud, it's not even worth it. All right, one attack dead lizard end right carry on imagine that in a board game over and over and over again it really soured my experience so much so that my copy has been reset i could sell that copy now and it would be brand new for someone else like nothing's been drawn on or anything oh it's but i don't want to sell it because i want to see what this continuous dream mode is like maybe it will be great i don't know but i'm definitely going to give it another try another try i will i will give it a fair try when that continuous rule set comes out and see if it fixes the game for me but then there's wave two content coming out next year which i also need to wait for so maybe that will help but the game looked gorgeous at great artwork it you know had a good kind of card based system in it the miniatures were absolutely amazing i mean this is the unpainted versions I've got sun drop versions and they just look great. The dreams themselves had a mix of, you know, they weren't all perfect, I'll admit. Some of the dreams were a bit like, Bleh. but some of them were very entertaining. There was just sometimes a bit too much trial and error for my liking. But, oh yeah, and it had one of the worst boards ever. This portrait board that had you essentially, that's not a world map, I don't know where that came from, but, um, I mean, this some of this is probably prototype stuff, I'm guessing. It's probably not helping. Oh, well, we'll leave it at that. But yeah, there was like the board was this giant portrait board and it was a nightmare to be able to like reach across it to see what was going on on the top end. It was just badly designed in some areas. So big disappointment for me there. Okay, what do we got next? Let's go on to something nice. Let's go on to best expansion. Now, there was quite a few contenders for this, but... I have to go all the way back to January for this. And I'm kind of surprised. I forgot this was a January release. I got mine early last year, but it was an official 2020 release. So it counts. But I 
am going to give this one to, uh, where is it? Architects of the West Kingdom, Age of Artisans. It was January 2020 when it was officially released, I think. Or was it maybe slightly later? I don't know. But this was a phenomenal expansion for the game. I mean, I already loved Architects of the West Kingdom beforehand, but this was just perfection. It did exactly what a good expansion should do. It introduced a new mechanic to make things a bit fresh, but it wasn't overly complex. I can teach the base game with this expansion no problem. On top of that, it also balanced aspects of the base game, which I didn't think there were that many that needed fixing, but it balanced the main one that did, which was that if you had a lot of money, you didn't have a lot of things to do with it. Now you do. Now you've got these cards with the red banner and the yellow banner, the tools and the improvements, the properties. You can either use your meeples to get the tools to boost your apprentices with extra abilities. Fantastic, more customization. Or you could spend money to build the improvements on properties you've already, on buildings you've already made. And it gives you a bonus as well as extra victory points. But it used money and that was a good thing. Other than that, it just gave you more variety with cards. It gave you an extra player, gave you extra player powers. And it was just a really well done expansion. I mean, this is my favorite of the entire North Sea and West Kingdom saga. And I already gave a lot of praise to Viscounts. But this Architects with Artisans is a fantastic combination and needs to be in your copy if you don't have it already, hands down. It's like it's gone in and it never comes out. All right, let's go on to something. Let's see. Let's stick around for a good one. Uh, just to, yeah, let's stick around for a good one. And then we'll go on to my worst. Because uh, I haven't got much to say about my worst one. But best reprint. Now, I made a big deal that you, when it came to reprints on my top 20, um, top 10, I keep saying top 20. The I didn't want to put reprints, reprints. <laughs> God, my voice is slurring. I'm probably tired. But I didn't want to just put re-implementations and things like that on the top 10 because it doesn't really count. Not to say it's lazy design or anything. I mean, that's the, totally the wrong way to put it, but it's more that I, I want new games. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be something innovative, but I need a new game. You know, I can't say, you know, Chronicles of Crime 1400 is the best game of the year. It's literally the same game, just with a different setting. I can't say it's a unique property. So... You know, I just don't go with that. But in terms of reprints, there were certainly some pretty good ones this year. But I got to give credit to the big Vital Lacerda Kanban EV. 10 out of 10 there. Yes, because it is as good as the original game, but slightly better in one important aspect. Kanban EV is the reprint of the Kanban Automotive Revolution from Stronghold. This is now Eagle Griffin with Ian O'Toole's artwork. So you know it's going to look good. And... This literally has, I think, two or three minor mechanical changes. Granted, they're good minor mechanical changes. Well, two of them are. One of them is completely pointless, but fair enough. Uh, I think one of the main one it did is that it made Mean Sandra uh, penalize you for a point, regardless of your bank shifts. If you don't know how to play the game, I can't really explain, but that was an okay change. The big one that they did, which really needed to be done, was that Nice Sandra is now a variant and it's balanced so that you can't exploit it like crazy. So that definitely needed to be done. And then there's a pointless mechanical change saying that you can't switch your cars out in the garage. I never thought there was enough time for you to be able to trade cars out of your garage. So I don't know what the point of that was, but it obviously had a reason. Otherwise, why put it in? Take another drink. But this... Why is this my favorite reprint of the year? Because the biggest problem with Kanban is that it is a 
fairly complex game to explain. And the Stronghold version, which is still on my shelf there for the moment until this comes out where it will get instantly replaced, is hard to learn to say the least. The board is pretty badly designed in terms of its graphic design and layout, and the rulebook was kind of diabolical. So much so that Vitalis sort of had to put a geek list online in order to get people to understand it. But this one, though, EV is just electric vehicle. It's a new thing. It's just a theme. But the artwork on this is so much better. You've got wooden car meeples now, these big, like, markers for the parts. I mean, look at it. Those alone just look great. But you've got now, like, gorgeous artwork across the thing. Well, I say gorgeous. Clear and concise artwork is more the thing. Even though Tool's artwork can be gorgeous, but this isn't necessarily a, a board where I say, oh, it looks gorgeous, but it's functionally brilliant. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. But you've got, like, big chunky wooden discs, chunky tiles, uh, the wooden cars, as I said. But the game, as much as it may look like, oh, boy, this is complex, trust me, why this reprint is the top of the year is because it does the one thing that Kanban needed. Makes it easier to play. It's still mechanically the same complex game as before, but teaching the game is so much easier because the board layout is much easier to follow. Those black and yellow lines there, they separate the departments much better than before. So you can easily tell that that's not related to this department. But you, the rule set, the rule book is much better written. I mean, Paul Grogan has had a hand on it as well. He's done a video for it on his channel. Trust me, if you want to know how to play the game, just watch the video and that will probably do most of it. But the rule book is really good as well. I've, I've read drafts of it. I cannot wait for this. I've played it on Tabletop Simulator as well as uh, Tabletopia. And the game is still so much fun, still brilliant. But now it's easier for me to be able to get it to the table and teach other heavy gamers. Whereas previously it was like... Oh, I know that one's going to be fiddly, and that can put me off. I mean, I've got Lisboa and On Mars behind me. Love the games, but man, are they a beast to teach. Vinyos is fine once I actually play it more often. I need to remember the rules. Gallerist, in comparison, though, I love bringing that out. It's a sin for me to teach that one. It's well laid out, looks great, everything's intuitive, and it's got one of the best rule books for the Vital Asserta lineup. So... The fact that this one now allows me to do that means I can bring Kanban out. And I would say theme-wise, this is my favorite of the Lacerda games. Gatherus is currently my favorite Lacerda, but Kanban is the second place. With this, it's going to be a tough battle next year on the top 100, I can tell you that. But I love this game. This game is so much fun. And I know it looks like a lot of stuff there. And by all means, it's not a simple game. But trust me, if you're into heavy games... I feel I could teach this one to you a lot better now because of this design. And finally, we're going to go, before I wrap up this podcast, which has got to, how long has this podcast got to? 58 minutes. Oh, blimey, we are going to about an hour mark. Oh, well, call it a Christmas treat. Uh, the worst game I have played this year. Worst game. Mini Express, 3 out of 10. I got forced in, well, I didn't really get forced into it. I almost volunteered. I said, look, guys, I want to play a game with you because we don't get to play games that often. And the problem is I've got some friends who sort of play with a particular group of friends for certain games and then play with me occasionally for other games. But this time I sort of wanted to get us all together. And I thought, you know what? Teach me one of your little train games or whatever. And people kept going on about this one called Mini Express. 2020 release i think it's come out i'm not sure or maybe the kickstarter is not fulfilled i'm not sure but this is one i played in 2020 so i'm counting it but i thought whatever 30 to 45 minutes even if i don't like the game it's only 30 to 45 minutes of my life 
60 to 75 minutes later, maybe 90, we were playing it on Tabletop Simulator and all games online take longer than their counterparts. Maybe this is quicker in real life, but still, certainly not the 30 to 45 minute time when you put five players in the game, I can tell you that. But it's still the same as every single boring, tedious, horrible 18xx game that there is. It's just the fact that they've condensed it down to a shorter time frame. Now, it's not all bad. It's aesthetically pretty pleasing. I mean, that's not a bad cover. You know it's an 18xx game, but that's not a bad cover to give it preps. And that map and board is very nice. I mean, that is pretty much what I give the main praise for this game for. It is, in real life, short. It is also very simple. The rule set was dirt simple. I mean, you pretty much lay a track or get a share. That's pretty much all you do. But then again, that's mostly what you do in the other 18xx games. It just goes on for four days. But I'll give credit that aesthetically, that is a beautiful looking board. You know, the mountains, the desert, the green forest land, the tracks, even the tracks look nice. Credit where it's due. With wooden meeple trains as well, this is a very well-produced game for the price point. The problem is, it plays the same as every boring 18xx game. It's just laying down train tracks, getting shares, being a dick to everybody you know, and and is that all the pictures, really? That's it? Oh, I thought there'd be a bit more, but no, there you go, some uh, close-ups of the trains. But it's just basically connect to different cities, Get a resource, get the shares, and book. Yeah, I fall asleep playing it, and I was bored. It went on like twice as long as it should have done. I was done. I can't even remember if I did well or not. I think I might have come in somewhere in the middle. I don't think I was last, but I think I came in the middle. But what do I care? I mean, I just played it and just got bored. It's just, it's the same thing. I mean, I'll, I'll give it credit. It's shorter. If you're going to step me into an 18xx game, I would much rather play this one than any of the other ones because this one is the shortest one I've ever played. So at least the misery can end sooner. But yeah, I volunteered to join in this one and I regretted my decision. But I mean, good company. So I still enjoyed time with them. But uh, yeah, I had to hold back my opinions on this game by not ripping it a new one. But uh, yeah, I wasn't exactly expecting to like it, but I'll give credit where it's due. That's why it's a 3 out of 10 has good aesthetics, and ha you know, not that aesthetics really mean much to any 18xx player, just look at all the other 18xx games, but it was also short and well-produced. I had to give it some marks for that, but yeah, gameplay-wise, boring, so, so boring, 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 boring trains, trains are boring, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I digress, so Mini Express, not for me, I'm not the right audience, clearly, but yeah, this was definitely the worst game I played this year, and not to make me angry. There wasn't really any game that made me physically angry, apart from aspects like, say, a crap rule book and stuff like that. Pendulum came close, actually. I think Pendulum might have been the second to worst game I played this year, because that one was just a boring snore fest, but at least it had some aspects I liked about it. But yeah, that one was pretty nasty. This one I just found boring and tedious and just like every 18xx game but i don't think i played anything this year that made me physically angry like some games can so you know there certainly wasn't too bad but yeah there we go so 2020 in a nutshell we are more than glad to say bye bye to this crummy year not from a gaming perspective i mean just from a general perspective i think most people can agree that 2020 has kind of sucked but for me, I look forward to a better 2021 in terms of games themselves. I think that uh, there's some good stuff on the horizon. 
there's some stuff from 2020 I still got to get played and I look forward to playing those games but at the moment there just really hasn't been a lot I mean like I say that was the hardest top 10 of the year I had to do other years been no problem but that time it really struggled and I say COVID's one of the big problems because Normally, I would have gone to about 20 different conventions and played a ton of games and got the more copies and stuff. But this year just became a big issue. But like I say, I'll get some of those 2020 games played. I mean, Whistle Mountain and Dune Imperium are literally, I think, arriving tomorrow if uh, Royal Mail keep their side of the bargain. So those two are going to get played. Uh, Tawan Tinsuyu is going to get played at some point. And I've even got, the, what have I got here? Oh yeah, The Court of Miracles. Um, I've heard some positive buzz on that. Again, can't play it solo and uh, haven't been able to play it as a group. So that one will have to wait until 2021 before I can comment on that one. Although that one will probably get a grouped review. I don't think that will get a single video to itself. Uh, but I probably want to give, maybe Dune Imperium will get a grouped video for it because I don't know if I need to do a full review for that one. But I would like to do a full review for Whistle Mountain because I'd like to try that one. And maybe Tawan Tinsuyu will get grouped as well. We'll see. What are your opinions? Do you think I should do some grouped review videos? And if so, how do you think I should go about them? Because it's very difficult to get publishers to share content when it's grouped with other stuff. But then it's easier to do a group video than it is to do a non-group video. So kind of need your thoughts. But finally, I just want to say that in terms of 2021, New Year resolutions, I, I do have a thing about those. I'm certainly going to try and get my health back into shape. I'm certainly going to try and get this channel to a whole new level and hopefully you know, do some good with that. But there's one resolution that I think I do want to do, and I'm kind of taking it to heart. I've had some comments from occasional people in the industry, and it's just like, yeah, it's kind of hit home. I need to watch my social media presence sometimes. Uh, I'm I'm a very critical person. I'm a critique. Sorry, I'm a critic. And, you know, I speak my mind. But sometimes I just need... And this year has been rough on me mentally. So maybe I've taken it out on social media a bit too much. And what I'm going to try and do is not distance myself from social media, but just try and... I mean, I, I'm still going to post videos on it. I'm still going to post gameplay and still post critical thoughts on social media. but. I'm going to be less negative, less negative in terms of like, you know, somebody talks praise about a game rather than jump into the comments and say, this is why I hate it. Maybe just leave them to it. Just let them enjoy it. You know, let them have the time. It's it's not doing them any good for me to sort of go there. Um, and it's not doing me much good either. If anything, it just paints a negative picture. Now, there's a difference if somebody goes on a post and says, Tell me if you like it or not. If they specifically ask for both sides of the coin, that's fair game. But if somebody literally just says, I love this game, they've put up a picture and just said, I'm enjoying this with my wife. Like somebody goes on, me and the wife have just had a fantastic game of Brass or Great Western Trail or Concordia. Look at it. I'm just going to stay away. Keep stum. Homer Simpson backing away into the head and just leave them to it. You know what? I feel there's enough negativity in the world right now. I don't necessarily need to be the person like making it worse. But that's not to say I'm not going to be critical of stuff. I mean, but believe me, if I'm in a video doing a review and I get a bad game, I'm going to be negative about it. It's going to happen. So that's not going to change. The reason you hopefully watch half of this channel is not going to change. This is more just from a social aspect on social media, Twitter, the Facebook groups, that kind of thing. I'm just going to try and hold back a bit. You know, I mean, when you've got people from like other content creators sort of going you know love what you do but and you're a nice guy but 
maybe just tone down one or two things, I kind of have to sort of sit back and go, yeah, maybe you're right. And this year has been bad. Maybe I've just been taking it so hard with the COVID and isolation that I've just kind of lashed out a bit too much at whatever avenues I can. Maybe I just need to find a better way to give myself some stress relief. Or maybe I just need to take five and just sort of go, you know what? Have a nice cup of chamomile tea, put a game out and just, just chill. Just chill. Don't bring it onto social media. So I'll just say that, you know, if I've come across as negative on social media at all this year, or if I, you know, insulted anybody or anything like that, you know, I had no intention to, but if I did it inadvertently, then I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I, I will do better for 2021. You know, call that my top New Year's resolution for you. So uh, on that solemn note, let's wrap this up. So as I say, I'm going to take a break after I've done the live stream and the 2019 list. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you'll join me on the stream and lend me some of your thoughts from this podcast. You know, give me your viewpoints. It's tomorrow night. If you want to answer some of the questions I've asked on this podcast during that stream, I'd be appreciative. I'd love you to turn up and just fill me with questions. Just come at me with questions. I would love to answer them and talk to you. I appreciate everybody who has supported this channel for 2020. Patreons, subscribers, general public whatever you know love you all very much and i do mean that sincerely so uh yeah time to wrap it up so until next time have a fantastic christmas and new year have you know spend some time with the family if you can if you're in an area of the world where you isolation has stopped you seeing your family i feel your pain i hope that you'll be able to make it up somehow you know spend time with your own family or you know, see them on FaceTime or whatever. But like I say, try and enjoy this Christmas as much as possible. You know, just stay safe, stay happy. Uh, if you're a content creator, I definitely advise taking a break as well. I know that you put out good content, but everybody needs a break. Maybe now's the time for us to kind of reset and just say, you know what, put this behind us. Let's look forward. And hopefully the future is brighter than the last year has been. So uh, yeah, without further ado, I'll see you soon, guys. Take care. Remember, it's only a game. And uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs>